And welcome back. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We and we are the Turntable Teachers. And class is back in session. 2018, great year as we already mentioned in episodes 3 and 4, but 2019 is a fresh start for some new projects. And uh, we're excited to give you all of our albums from January, our recap of those albums. And what we basically have is uh, six albums that we felt were kind of like the highlights of this month. Obviously, there's a lot of projects that we would want to talk out or talk about that we had to kind of trim out of this. But this is what we felt like were the cream of the crop, the ones that we really want everyone else to know about coming out of this month. So without further ado, Cody, are you ready? For I'm the first album? so ready for this. So we're going by release date. So the first album that we're going to talk about came out early January. And that's Big Crits TDT. It's basically a mix of his three EPs that he dropped towards the back end of 2018, yeah. but brought them together as a full-fledged project. So technically, since it came out in 2019, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna split hairs over it. I mean, yeah, we, like you said, it was the combination of those three EPs: Trifecta, Double Down, Thrice X, or Thrice Ten. I don't know if it's a Roman numeral or not. <laughs> I know that we actually talked about a few tracks off of um, Trifecta that was on back. episode two, I believe. Episode two or episode mm, three? Those, it was the recommendations. It was two of the recommendations, and we we both actually recommended a song off of that EP right. without realizing the other one of us was going to do it. Yeah. And now I feel like it's good because we've had some time to sit with this album a little bit longer. Yeah. And now kind of hear it full-fledged, like from one to nine. From top to bottom. Top, yeah. Exactly. So I'm just going to start off by saying mm -hmm. that this album, I liked it. I did. But just as a whole, it, it wasn't it wasn't King Remembered in time for me. I just, I just, I, I hate saying that right off the bat, but... It's really tough to compare to that, though, you yeah. know? And especially yeah. with this being a compilation, the... I, the full album cohesiveness wasn't fully there, but it's almost like I shouldn't expect it to be. This was three separate projects kind of getting crammed together all at I once. I agree. He's coming off probably his best album he's ever dropped, like in his entire disc discography. At least that's my opinion. How, mm -hmm. how do you feel about that? Do you Forever is a long, very long time. Oh, it's that was a pretty, like I think most album reviewers had it in their top albums it, of the uh, year. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to argue with that thing being, is really like a, not a musical masterpiece. That might be overselling it a bit, but it's, it's right there. It's, it shows a lot of promise to moving forward. Um, so this did kind of miss the mark a bit. I will say this though, the sound was definitely different. I felt like it had more of like a stripped back and mainstream R&B sounding influence than like he has usually had so many Southern trap album uh, songs, excuse me. But this one didn't have as many. The only one that really kind of had that nice southern baseline was uh, was uh, "Learn from Texas," mm -hmm. and I think that had a, and uh, that was like more of an upbeat track, more or less than some of the songs that were here. I thought there were a lot of these were more stripped back. "Picked Yourself Up" also had that like groovy southern baseline as well. But at the same time, I don't know if they really used it great in that. No, song. it was no. it was like it had it, but that was almost the only redeeming quality for me of that track. And like, even though there were some differences, I just felt like the the drums in every single track was almost the same thing. It's like we're just yeah. gonna kind of get the hi hats, we're gonna get the snares, we're gonna get some bass, and it's all used with that like what you would expect out of crit with the trap influence. But it was almost being done a little too much, and it was like kind of the same thing with every beat. But that that all being said, I did have a couple tracks off here that I did still really like. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. One of them being the one that I already suggested back in uh, week two, week three, whatever it was. So I won't spend a ton of time talking about it. It was the track Energy, the one right off the very beginning. I, I love how, as the name suggests, energetic it is. Um, it's like really nice piano and string samples that set up a good background. Still has the standard trap percussion, but it actually works well with it. There's an awesome vocal melody that's kind of like floating over the top of the beat, and I really like the way I that had that too. The vocal everything. sample mm -hmm. on that's fantastic, and I also really love those Egyptian-sounding flutes 
on the tour, like as it yeah, as it goes through right. the chorus. Right. I thought that was a great addition to the uh, the strings you were talking about. Yeah, so they they coupled each other really really. They well. really did. For me, so I'll say like I liked "Learn from Texas." I thought mm-hmm. that was one of the better songs here. I did I like "Energy" as well. "Learn from Texas" was great. It had like a nice UGK mid like two thousands throwback style on some of the bass lines here. So I really like enjoyed that track. I thought that had as much energy as well as energy the mm-hmm. song did too. One oh oh, I already mentioned a couple weeks ago. I, I loved the more lo-fi and solemn. Uh, strings there they were very yeah. heightened because this, the rest of the beat was so stripped back and there wasn't really like a clear bass line so yeah. I thought that the the strings on that were super nice and, and catchy the piano and I love the vo- uh, the female vocal sample on that track mm-hmm. as well thought that's that was too. oh yeah fact, I thought it was like sexy and sensual I really think Crit kind of brought a new vibe here he's not that he's ever not had like stripped back and more uh, lo-fi type sounding songs but these were a lot more mainstream sexy appeal like you know what yeah, I mean like following he, like trends that yeah just, like, kind of sticking to his roots yeah so lyrically the best track here I think is look what I got and okay. I think I know ESPN has been playing that forever mm-hmm. like all over the place but besides that lyrically crit doesn't really blow me away too much here I, no. it's I can't say that he had lines where I was like whoa like he had some songs like price of fame uh, drinking sessions where like just just lyricism that was blowing you away and yeah, you dripping really, out of the song oh know? fantastic yeah and then just him just being able to just own a command a track and, and also tell a story on it and tell his feelings and his emotions what he's gone through things like that I just didn't think a lot of that came out here I don't know what you think about well I, I agree that, with the lyric it kind of like fell short for me in that sense yeah. the, the, the two tracks that I liked off of here were I more liked them because they were sonically pleasing like the other Correct. track I was a big fan of was the the higher like the King part six okay um mostly because it just had spacey samples that were layered on top of each other that made it sound really nice. But aside from that, that was that was about it. There was like one nice line in there. The lyricism peeked through for one line, I felt like, in this, where he said something about, uh, like, if he cry, or if I cry, am I less of a man? My father never did. So yes. it's kind of talk, talking about, like, the current themes of toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff. So it was nice to see it at least creep out. I would have liked it to be a much more present and upfront. I guess focus of the projects understanding it's just all EPs sticking together I guess it makes sense that mm-hmm. it's not super lyrical but I don't know I, I definitely wish that it was Hopefully, so overall I think it was a nice little 25 minute project with some great individual songs that I have been coming back to and that I will I just don't think this is Crit's best work Yeah. Um, there was no real concept to this but you did touch upon that as well with the whole EP thing mm-hmm. that they're all EPs like I, I get it I understand yeah. like not everything he has to do or does is gonna have Conceptual. that big, like yeah full nor does it have to be it did sound cohesive but you know this is passable i think for crit standards and i think fans will be ple- of his music like will be pl- at least pleased with this it'll be yeah. like a nice little holdover for maybe his next full-length project but it, like nothing cutting edge here mm-hmm. nothing that really floored me incredibly it's not his best but it's better than a lot that's out there right now and so yeah that's basically how where i'm at with it so yeah. what would you give it for a grade what do you what are you thinking uh, what are you thinking so, all right, I'll, I'll at least give you my best tracks first. I'll say this. So my oh, best, okay, okay. My best tracks were 100, mm-hmm. Look What I Got, Glorious, and T- Learn From Texas. Okay. Those are the four I really liked. Yep. Pick Yourself Up, I did not care for. Mm-hmm. And the other three, were they were okay for me. I just didn't. 
find myself coming back to them a lot. Pick Yourself Up was actually my least favorite as well. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it didn't really do it for me. It was Were almost you... it was almost throwing it too far back to like the 2000s ringtone rap. I just, I couldn't do it. I, I totally it was, it was too much. It was too much. What were your best tracks? Um, I know you said Higher was probably yeah, one of so your best the, Yeah, the two best tracks I would pull out of this one were Energy and uh, Higher. Those, okay. are, those are the ones that I've actually found myself going back to Sweet. and listening. Uh, overall, I'm going to give it like an 84, 85, okay. like like a low, pretty low B. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I think a lot of this music's passable and it's, and it's quality music, but it's just, I don't know. It doesn't give it a punch. There's no punch to it. So well, I think it's good. Well, that's exactly the reason I gave it the rating that I did. Um, I actually gave it a pretty strong C, somewhere in like the seventy-six range. Oh wow! Because the the basically like the questions that it got right, it knocked out of the park. I love energy and I love higher, but then the rest of the time, it's just kind of only pulling partial credit. Uh, it's it's not all the way there for me. So yeah. I have to have to leave it with like the strong C, hoping for I guess another crit project this year, and that this is just something to hold us over until that. Maybe this is just leftover ideas from the last album. I don't know. Either either way, it was good music, but not something I'm going to really go back and like rave about in the future. Yep, I agree. And even being the crit stand that I am, I only like half of it, and I'm giving him a B. So I think that kind of goes to show that, yeah, this is not as quality as the rest of his stuff. So. Yeah. But all right. Speaking of standing people and standing artists, <laughs> the next artist... We'll go to your stand oh, now. Boy. So... So shortly after Crit's project dropped, a week later, Malibu Ken dropped. Now, I think we've mentioned Malibu Ken in the past. Malibu Ken mm-hmm. is a duo formed by New York rapper Aesop Rock and producer Tobacco. And the producer, he uh, he's previously been heard of in a group called Black Moth Super Rainbow. He's really known for this industrial-sounding production style, lots of electronic sounds. He uses a vocoder in a lot of his songs to give these really layered vocals. Aesop Rock uh, got a little bit more uh, traction like in the recent days after an article came out get, saying that he had the largest vocabulary in rap for like unique words used by several thousand, I think. It was something like they made the list and everyone commented saying like, oh no, you missed someone, do Aesop Rock. And he was like, okay, I'm going to redo it. And he ended up beating everybody else by a significant margin. But either way, I'm digressing, I'll digress. Um, so this album came out, they did a, uh, a duo together and... Uh, the online music critic Anthony Fantano describes it as pure fun for absolute weirdos, and I basically <laughs> couldn't agree with that anymore. I've loved Aesop for I don't even know how long now. I've mentioned that he was one of the first rappers I listened to. I've, I've listened to all of his projects up until now, all his collabs. And this one, I feel like, is almost like a match made in heaven. It's it's They both have such interesting and unique styles of making music, but they're also such perfectionists and like they're now veterans in their own respective fields that they're not going to let the other one kind of go too far with it. That I feel like they kind of kept themselves in check while still letting all their like weird quirks come out and really, really make what I felt was a fantastic record. Like I love this thing from top to bottom. Dude. The instrumentals on this thing, just sonically, this thing's a freaking trip, man. Wild. It's it's wild. It's a wild ride. I, I did... It's funny. This this project... So I, I don't have the Aesop Rock sort of experience and sort of history that you do. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated him when he's popped up. I, I can never say that he, I've ever gone fully into a lot of his discog- discography. And I think that's really uh, something that I... Is a downfall. I should not have done that. But... um. I definitely think that he's he's definitely a great rapper, man. And, and this is this is a project that I think really might bring a lot more listeners in for him. I hope, I really hope so. Um, he he had a project come out 
not too long ago, the, the Impossible Kid. And it did get a good amount of plays, but I feel like it's almost what you would expect from someone. It's just all like the backpackers coming out of the woodwork and listening to their old favorite underground rapper, uh, myself included. What you mentioned about the beats, it's really not what you would expect on a rap album. And it wasn't what I even expected from an Aesop album. Like, I'm used to him having these, like, really weird but self-produced beats. It's one of his things that he's done recently is, like, make his own beats or go with his usual producer, Blockhead, which end up going more down, like, the lo-fi end, I feel like. Not fully into, like, lo-fi, hip-hop, chill-hop, the stuff on YouTube with, like, the streams. But it still wasn't the like industrial sounds we got out of this. A lot of these beats were crazy. There was a lot of really cool like electronic, synth, hazy like type beats on this on mm -hmm. this album, and I really liked it. There was actually a lot of like eighties inspired stuff here too, yeah, which lots was really of, like, heavy synth, like what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. So I I feel like instrumentally this thing was as all over the place as it was. It was, and I I can't I will say this I can't say I liked every moment, mm -mm. but I will give it the satisfaction of at least saying that this is original nothing sounds like this yep it's just flat out different i'm not going to sit here and say that every moment like i said on here was for made for me and, and it's funny though because i do like a lot more of like the in weirder sort of out there experimental hip-hop but I, I can't say that this was a home run i i, I know i know you feel oh, so yeah. much differently <laughs> yeah. about this I or at was least my, I don't actually don't know. It's just not yet. My, yeah, we don't know yet. I don't know. Yeah, it was at least my guess. My yeah. guess was that you loved this thing. Yes. So I mean, I before I talk about the things I do love about it, I will agree that there were certain things that really missed the mark. Mostly based around Tobacco's end, um, a Dude. lot of the vocals. Yes, it's the vocals oh, that like it why? got old. It there got so old many. eventually. And like there were certain hooks that it was used tastefully. Like it was Aesop, little vocoder. Aesop, little vocoder. Oh. The ones that were entirely just tobacco, it, it just kind of would get really grating. Dude, you know? my biggest gripe with this project is the hooks. Mm -hmm. There are not many strong hooks on here at all, in my opinion. Nope. And unfortunately, that's something Aesop is actually known for either. So it's almost kind of like the the perfect storm of just having kind of annoying hooks. Like he's, yeah, he's known for not having hooks, like, man. Ones that knock it out of the park. Some of these hooks ruin the songs for me in, in, in places. I'm, I'm curious what songs. I'm like, I'm, I feel like we'll probably end up agreeing. As much as a song like Tuesday, I have a lot to say about the song Tuesday, by the way, because mm -hmm. I really loved that song overall. The hook on that, like, was painful. Yeah. It was painful. Mm -hmm. Like, lyrically, like, he comes in on that flow. Um, oh, my God. What does he say at the very beginning? He, his, his, his neighbor calls him and calls, like I found a mushroom growing inside yes, the car yeah exactly yeah. But, and, then, I, and then he was like oh and she was even more alarmed at like I wasn't worried about it yes <laughs> yes oh my god when that came on I thought I was like oh man this dude's lyricism it's one it was honest but two the flow patterns he was using on that like his delivery was freaking awesome mm -hmm. I was like damn this is catchy I, I dig it and then the weird synth vocoder, like vocal effect tobacco was doing on that. I was it's like, so it weird. was nasally. It was, mm -hmm. dude, it was annoying. I, I, it made me instantly want to shut it off. And to be honest with you, I go back to Tuesday and like that first verse, like that first minute, I am in. And, and even the synths coming into at the back end of his verse there were like, cool. I don't know why they, they just hook. didn't flesh out the hook. Mm -hmm. I was it was frustrating, man. That was a song that like I thought could have been so much better. Well, um, and even the rest of the song too. He's talking about like how he like even just like the rest of his whole personality and apartment is just gross. He talks about having like a pizza face that's pepperonis, picking his nose, he's cutting his own cysts off. Like it's it's basically classic Ace being like gross yeah. and having it somehow still be like, damn, this dude's spitting bars at us with these crazy flow patterns. 
and then he's and she's going on and on and then tobacco has to come in with that like weird vocoder yeah like same in, thing happens on dog years same mm-hmm. thing happens on acid king for me like instantly i love the opening verses of these songs like dog years was insane i love that track too but again the hook just kills me and then the only but i will say this the, the one hook i loved was Swordbox. Swordbox has a cool one. Swordbox that was a really, really cool catchy, hook, yeah. really cool. If they had had a hook like that on every song, I think I would have liked this way more. Would've been, yeah, it would have been perfect but, for you. Yeah, but man, like I, I just can't get down with some of these hooks. Like, yeah. They're that bad for me. And it is unfortunate because I think there's a lot of great qualities about this album. And, you know, people are, you know, whatever. Agree with me, disagree with me. I know you disagree with me. That's fine. It's, it's <laughs> Oh, no, I, I agree with the it's reasons It's totally fine. It. I agree yeah, with those are just my reasons. I, I, I'm not that I'm right or wrong. I just, I'm sitting, you know, I, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, can't do the vocoder. Nope, can't, can't do the do vocoder. Too much. I can do it, but not not as much as, much as he did it. Yeah, it was it was just yeah, it was overbearing. It was over, it points. was too much, man. So that being said, what were your favorite tracks here? I uh, loved Corn Maze. Mm-hmm. I loved Tuesday, even though I freaked despite the and the hook. Swordbox is like most catchy and like more most. If if anybody out there that doesn't really care for like experimental hip hop, this would be the one to go to. I think so. Well, yeah, I think Swordbox would be the track that is the most accessible. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh Someone my god, Suicide, Big Gulp. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's not a uh, dude. Wasn't great. Oh, that song's terrible. I, I that's the one song too that all around I just was like, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Churro, I also did not. That's I agree with you on that one. I don't like churro. And honestly, like no, I would, no. I would love churro if they just had used a different beat. Like the song, what it's about is so funny, and he's like rapping wicked cleverly. It's all about like the eagles, like that they had in I think Philly, and they had a camera on them, and it's like people were tuning in, and then it happened to catch the eagle swoop in and like grab someone's pet cat and eat it like a churro, like the name of the song. <laughs> so it's like a wicked cool. I guess concept for a song or weird concept for a song I just don't feel like they were on the same page at all like I feel like the beat and the rapping did not like didn't mesh with each other whatsoever no it almost seemed like one of those songs where someone was like I have a beat can you write a verse to it but the person wrote the verse without hearing the beat or vice versa and then they just kind of stuck them together and went with it anyways which almost pains me to say but it, it is what it is like that that track definitely didn't didn't do it for me and it had another one of the super mediocre hooks like yep. it just didn't so nothing rememberable or noticeable about it my favorite tracks here were uh tuesday i agree with you on that one the uh the hook is still just i almost try and like block it out while it's happening i'm just like all right whatever background noise and then the then the hooks come back or then the verse comes back in and then and Aesop back just in, is, oh yeah, yeah talking about, about how it. nasty he is the whole time I also loved 1 plus 1 equals 13. You know what? Um, I liked that track, too. It wasn't on my best tracks, but I did say I liked the, some of the social commentary he had on mm-hmm. there. Yeah, well, yeah. the whole thing is basically all about like uh, people being really superstitious and mm-hmm. letting superstition kind of control their lives. It was an interesting line saying that it's all just people trying to find the math in their misfortunes. So just, they were looking for a pattern, and maybe you're looking into the wrong places. And then he basically spends the whole song using a bunch of clever metaphors of like, including typical superstitious things like rabbit feet and horseshoes and feng feng shui. There's a, uh, it says something about how his bed has two wrong sides and he's, uh, has a face for radio. He breaks a mirror every morning, which I thought was kind of funny. And so I, I liked that track a lot. Like you said, it has good social commentary, which is something that we don't usually get out of Ace. Usually he's, I, I mean, I shouldn't say not usually. He does have tracks like None Shall Pass and Daylight that have tons of social commentary in them, but usually it's so heavily 
like, embedded yeah laced with these metaphors you can't tell this one you can kind of tell right off the bat he's talking about superstition so that's kind of nice as like an entry point for the deeper songs in all i loved this album still i, I know i can did. i can I get over the vocoder things just because like i said i'll block it out just so i can get back to the verse or to the verses so i actually gave this uh, a light a uh, 93 which if if it didn't have the vocoders in it it probably would have been a very strong a to a plus but because of that had to dock it down to like a 93 yeah uh, what were you thinking so like i said i really liked a lot of the computerized electronic synth lines here the hazy and there was also some like blissful keys and horns that he used mm-hmm. um that made it feel 80s inspired so it was a little bit reminiscent of some music i've heard in the past at least sonically so i really liked that but then it, again it was just different and but also you know what i mean because i think tobacco he has such a nice original sound on a lot of these on a lot of these verses no excuse me beats so while i find this is a good project sonically for the most part the replayability is a question for me Mm -hmm. this just isn't kind of kind of hip-hop i normally do listen to the only thing close that i could kind of come to like a comparison and i i know i don't like to compare but I would say Run the Jewels has a very similar sound to some of the stuff that this that Tobacco did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, and, especially with some of their stuff on the more recent album. Yeah, and even so, I think LP and uh, and Aesop Rock have some similarities in their flow and, patterns. And they used to they used to work together too. He was yeah. actually signed to Def Jux LP's uh, right. LP's old label. Right. Um, I gave it an eighty three. That's fair. I gave it a low B. I don't think this is. Again, something that I'll be coming back to a ton, but the tracks that I do like, I will yeah. for sure. And it, it leaves me wondering where ASAP, excuse me, ASAP will go next. Yeah. And you know, if he's and I can at least appreciate the fact that he can change his sounds. He's willing to f- switch up styles and try new things. I think that's good for any artist to do. Yeah, so absolutely, I commend ASAP for the effort. And I know some people. I know this is getting rave reviews, and I know some people love it. And I can see why. And I can see why. It's just not made for yeah for me for Mike from the turntable teachers. It's that's just fair. not made yeah. for me. That's fine and that's okay. Yeah. That's, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, it's right up my alley, so that's why I gave it, gave it the better grade. And I mean, that's almost to be expected. I'll give anything out of that guy a good grade. <laughs> but anyways, moving forward into the month, I actually don't have a ton to say about this album. Came out on the 18th. We have uh, Future with the Wizard, or I guess Future Hendrix presents the Wizard, whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell that all means. If you don't know by now. Atlanta rapper, singer, sort of crooner, auto-tune crooner, trap, connoisseur, <laughs> uh, whatever you'd like to give Future Hendrix his title. I guess he's deserved it. He has influenced a lot of the the mainstream music. I think that's out there, and a lot of the oh, music absolutely. That's they they all draw their roots off of stuff that he was yep. doing years ago. Instrumentally, some trap bangers that you'd expect from Future, but I think he uses a lot more vocal samples around this time and. I think it adds to the project positively in a way. So, you know, going back into Future's discography, I can't say I've loved everything he's done. I've always loved individual songs here and there, but never like a really a full-fledged project. He's always felt like a volume shooter to me, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's the type of person who puts out a million songs and half of them will be bangers. The other half you'll forget ever existed. They're just, that is the just problem. Keeps going. Dude, this thing is too freaking long. 20 songs. And it's an hour and 10 minutes. I don't want to listen to anybody for an hour and 10 minutes. I know yeah. I said like the only artist that plausibly I've had an opportunity doing it with was Brock Hampton, but even so they, they have so many dudes in their group like exactly you know and they their albums were at least spread out amongst three you know three different ones over like a six whatever month span yeah. so at least it was spread out versus this was just like an hour and ten minutes of 
Future mostly. And like, listen, I'll appreciate Future that he didn't bring in a lot of features here. And he's like, you know, this is my album. Tight, yeah. I can, yeah, you know, like I can command an album by myself. And I've always appreciated that about Future as well. Like a lot of these trap artists, they get, you know, they get a lot of similar artists on their albums. Yeah. And he doesn't they do that They want to compliment here. themselves well. 100%. But, and I think this could be his most ambitious release since Dirty Sprite 2. So, and like I said, so there was definitely room of growth here for me, but he does not stick the landing very much at all. Like, I could have done without maybe at least eight tracks here. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like, see, Future is someone who's never really clicked with me for some reason. I think when he first came on the scene and was getting a lot of traction, I was in a phase of really just having my backpack straps a little too tight and only listening to like Aesop, Brother Ali, and like all the guys basically off of Rhyme Sayers like uh, we were just saying. Yeah. I was really into that stuff when Future first kind of was gaining a lot of popularity, so I didn't give him a shot, so I guess he never really had a chance to click for me. So when I listen to this album, this is this is one of the first full-length projects I've actually listened to by him top to bottom. I've listened to his songs a million times like everybody has. But I'd never actually gone to one of his albums to listen to it, so it was really interesting to have that like perspective change forced on me that way. I guess I I do really like him uh, as far as his delivery is concerned. I think when people say he has one of like the better rap voices in the game right now, I would agree. Like he he sounds really good despite what he's saying any 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 of these songs. I just feel like he just kind of found a sound and stuck with it and just keeps making that over and over again and that's why half these songs stick half of them don't he at least I, I think he got a little bit more creative here than he had in the past okay with some of these instrumentals and sort of the songs here so I think that's why for me I like this a little better than some of his older stuff because mm -hmm. I think it's at least got a little more it's a little more dynamic Mm -hmm. Like an example of a track where like some of these vocal samples I was talking about earlier like really work out for him is like a song like Temptation where I love the vibe of this track. I love the beat. I think it's really groovy and really just it grabs your attention. But my God, then like you said a little bit before how you like his voice and you think his voice it is. And I agree. This voice is a staple in rap. It just yeah. is. And that genre of music when you hear it, you know who it is. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And if anyone else is trying to copy the sound, you can tell, oh, well, that's someone trying to sound like future by future exactly but dude some of his lyricism is, is rough and i will say this though his lyricism in some tracks here improved but then again it's like so i'm just torn man because i love the vibe of like a song like temptation and then he's got lines where she gave me more head than a tumor are you kidding me yeah like, like they're super distasteful like, and just like on. bro come on man it's the kind of guy where it's like you don't want someone to use a ghostwriter, but every once in a while fucking use a ghost yeah. <laughs> let's get yourself some good lyrics and, and there have was someone a... teach you have someone show you the way you know yeah and there's moments where i know you said like and again going back to you saying again about his voice being a staple in the game and i agree with that but then there's moments where i do like his delivery and moments where you can't even understand what the hell he's saying mm -hmm. like so i just i he goes too, uh, too far with i'm me. just torn i'm torn i like i said i think you could cut like eight to ten of these tracks out and, Easily. and you wouldn't it would be so much better and tighter mm -hmm. and just like the first I'd say I actually like the first like eight songs here really I think most of the first eight songs it, I think it's really good yeah and then it kind of starts to and slowly it tails off yeah. it tails off 
Well, and I, I feel like this is one of those albums where if you're a big fan of Future, you're probably going to like every track regardless anyways, because it's a, it's a Future album. Like, it's, there's really not much else you can say about it. Like, all of the songs sound, you know, pretty standard and up his alley. See, I, I agree with you with Temptation. I was a big fan of that vocal sample in the back, mm. and I actually liked how he wasn't as gritty with the vocals in that. Yes. Because it, it was almost for me where I only have heard him follow that script every time. It was it was a nice change of pace. Like it was it was nice to hear him do something a little bit different. It was much more restrained than I'm used to hearing him. That he was just, really the he only sang track well. I Yeah, sorry. Well, to cut I was going to say that was really the only track I will find myself going back to off this album. Yeah, I love honest. it. I, I love that track and I love his singing on that actually as well in the chorus. Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually quite surprising. Beautiful yeah. in, in in its own right. It was good. And actually at the time, actually to be honest with you, by the time it gets past stick to the models I start to completely like lose focus here. Talk shit like a preacher was a cool track too. Yeah, I, I like I liked the vibe there. It was interesting. I liked FNN as well. Oh, FNN was, was good. FNN yeah. was cool. FNN was really cool. That was a more like classic future banger. I yeah. guess but it was like there was a kind of bizarre feeling to it. It was almost like a strange. I don't know. It was it was like kind of eerie. It, it wasn't super similar to all of his other songs. There was like a melody on top of the drums that really gave it that darker vibe. And, I don't know, it was the standard future flow, but it just matched the beat really well, which is why I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know, like, we've been saying it a lot, there's just so many unnecessary cuts on here. You know? Yeah, I, I think if, if this album had started at Never Stop, went all the way to Stick to the Models, if you cut out Call the Coroner, I think this would have been a really, or Coroner, what the heck it's called, I think that would have been a really good, like, little project there. Yeah. Definitely. Like, even the back end of this, I think, is is, is not very good. Like, I don't know if I remember a single song. Like I don't. And, and the thing is, is that Young Thug and Travis Scott are on the back end of it, and they they can't save it at all. Nope. That Travis Scott song might be, actually be one of my least favorite set, tracks. The two of them on a track, you can't come up with any better than that. It set it, it, it set the bar really high and didn't even come close to it. You know, not even close. It was. It, was, it, uh, it just sounded like the most generic trap exactly. banger that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Travis Scott's got his like the lame ad-libs that he's always done you know what i mean it just it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't tasteful young thug was a little better but it doesn't give any life to the end of this album definitely for me the worst song here in my opinion is called the coroner that song sucks that song was pretty rough that song's rough and even and like i said just and i'm gonna put the travis scott on one on there too because of how just disappointing it was Mm mm-hmm See, I actually the track that I didn't like here was "Stick to the Model." I I didn't for some reason that one like it felt like I just heard that song before. It felt like yeah, I had yeah. heard that song before, and I mean I guess I shouldn't say that's why it was my least favorite because there were some tracks on here that were just bad. Yeah, but this one yeah. this one to me just seemed like it was a copy paste of a previous future song. Maybe that's because I don't listen to them that much, so I don't really have a refined palette mm. for uh, for future. Um, but that that one kind of missed the mark for me. It's it's not a bad song by any means, but it, it almost feels like stuck to the model was like the title was future sticking to his model uh, uh, a little a little too a little too much like that. You like you like how I uh, kind of you know, made do. that double double I, meaning there. I like the double entendre <laughs> there as a but, as an English teacher. Yeah. That's that perks that perks I'm, my. I'm interest. really proud of myself. I, I am. T- you know what? I'm happy. I was looking. I was looking forward to getting to say that. Yeah, I, I know earlier you, you know, with your one plus one plus. Uh, no, excuse me. One plus one equals thirteen. 13 song. The, math, yeah. the math teacher you are. I'm surprised mm-hmm. you said nothing about how terrible that math was. But I guess oh, you yeah, just, it's structurally sound. You know, really yeah, checks out. But you clearly just enjoyed <laughs> the actual. You know premise of the song better so whatever but either way (laughs) uh 
All right, well, can we agree best song is Temptation? Yeah, Temptation was fantastic. I, I actually genuinely liked that song. I love saved it. it. I'm going to love it. Oh, I put that on all the time. I think yeah. it's great. I think Temptation's awesome. And I did like Talk Shit Like a Preacher. I and I like I mentioned I liked FNN. FNN. Which, FNN. so like those two are probably I the keep forgetting I'm FNN. Back to. All right, you know what? Then screw it. Temptation, FNN. Yeah. I keep forgetting FNN. I don't know why. What was your uh, what was your final grade for it? I think eh, we're gonna have pretty similar ones on this. Seventy four C, a flat C, like a low C. I just think that I, I will say this about it. I think you got to try to get a little bit more creative and a little bit more dynamic, and I'm and I'm glad, and I commend him for that. But there's just too much crap here, man. It bogs it down. Yeah, way too much. There's just like way too many songs that are just repeats of each other yeah. and just yeah. repeats of songs we've already heard and weren't really fleshed out. But I will say it's his best release in, in, in a while. And I, I can say that I like this album a lot better than some of his others. So that's fair. I'll give it that. I uh, I was basically right in that same realm. I gave it a 72, C minus. C minus. And cool. considering that I have never considered myself a future fan, that's, uh, that's doing pretty good for him. You know, like I... That's a much higher grade than I was expecting to give that album going into it. So I'll, I'll say that. All right. Well, now completely switching gears. Mm-hmm. Complete other end of the spectrum here. We have James Blake with Assume Form. I know that you were really excited about this album. Probably looking forward to like British. bursting at the seams, getting ready to talk about it. British singer, songwriter, history of James Blake. His past albums were very lo-fi, very, min- very minimalistic. Uh, he definitely had his, a, a, a Bonnie Vare vibe to him. Just just very blissful. Well, and he's known for kind of being a jack-of-all-trades, too. He has yeah. like a very, very diverse soundscape, too, between all of his songs. Yep. I, I would say that first album was a lot more Bonnie Vare driven and then I think that second album with the Chance the Rapper track that I love off that oh, yeah, Retrograde uh, Life Round Here right? yes Life Round Here oh, I think so the album's good. called Retrograde if I'm yeah, not that was the first track I ever heard by him that was that was my only life introduction here. yeah Life Round Here see it's funny going back to Big Crit Crit has a song R.E.M. on his one of his older mixtapes where he samples James Blake yep and and I loved that sample so much so I was like oh what's that sample I gotta go find it and that's what stumbled me upon James Blake this was probably back in 2011 I wanna say okay it's a little while ago so that's when he dropped his first project and I I, I loved it I loved the ambient just chill vibe that it it was and then when Retrograde came out a lot more like he had the RZA on there he had had Chance the Rapper so it was a lot more like Soul and different features and shit yeah That third album he dropped a couple years ago. Again, the name is escaping me now that now we're sitting here. Uh, but I, I didn't like it that much. So I was very interested to see where he was going to go here. And, oh, man. Did a great job. This album's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This album's unbelievable. I think it's, one, by far his most dynamic, diverse, just intriguing release. This thing is amazing, man. Top to bottom. Like, he's bro- he brings in so many different sounds and textures. Oh, man this this album to me is just is so beautiful beautifully done and, and it's just, just so sonically pleasing to the ear it really just for me when i first listened to this like it took me to like another place man i really did like mentally mm-hmm. i it's so deep well that's but something it's that he so does relaxing. so well oh man he, he does he does a great job of getting you master completely into like his headspace when he was creating this like just by using his yeah. soundscapes to generate a feeling like i haven't really heard someone do it this well in a while uh, some of the just the, the content the vibes here I, I, I heard in an interview or read somewhere that he he's got a new girlfriend or whatever and he's like I guess in love with her or something something crazy like that so yeah. this it actually inspired a lot of the songs here and you can see it in the content like with songs like Power On 
uh, I'll come to like he's you know he seems like uh, just he's like in love really and he talks about being in love and how you know I think it was on um, I'll come to how the vibe that he's feeling with this woman is just completely different and From what totally he's used to, yeah. what he's used to and it's just so like he's so drawn to this woman and this person he feels like they're perfect for each other and well, he does such a great job of getting that message through and like you just feel it you really do yeah and well there's another track too which is kind of strange because it's almost the other end of the spectrum where he talks about actually being like afraid to fully dive into relationships what song was that um i can't, I can't remember, remember what song it was now coming off the top of my head but i i remember hearing him at one point having a track where he was like oh, you're I'm right. afraid to fully like um, dive into this and he's are you in love talking. are you in yes love? yes that was actually um, my least favorite track so I, I didn't not to get to that part I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, done yet but yeah. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler 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 that's probably least favorite song um, not even because it's bad I just it wasn't as it was just a little bit forgettable than the rest yeah this was the only thing I really remember from that track and it's kind of interesting because he's probably talking about that same girl and how he was afraid to go into it and now clearly it's paying off like pretty well I think for he, him. I think he mentions some some similar sentiments on Into the Red as well that track and it would make sense if this whole album is theoretically spurred on by yes. this girl that we're going to get a lot of those themes yes um so i just want to talk about instrumentally because like i said that that is where this thing one of the places where it absolutely just shines mm -hmm. they're these instrumentals here they're textured they he mixes in some lo-fi and minimalistic sort of beats that he's always been kind of known for that he really made a staple on there so many of them are just so lush and blissful and so there's just so many smart ways that he brings in instrumentation with a lot of the blends, you know. And then he also, he also at the same time, he he leaves a lot of room to breathe in a lot of the instrumentals. And I think that highlights a lot of the, the blends so much better. Yeah, yeah. I just he's some just some amazing piano samples and keys throughout. Like I I love the fluttering flutes on Mile High. Yep. I think that really brings the track, you know, to kind of another vibe there. The well, violin string on that line on Into the Red was really great. Um, the I want to talk about this song a little bit more in depth, but I'll let you kind of get to to more as well. But the watery keys and that like light bongo drum on Barefoot in the Park. Mm -hmm. Well, it, I see. Like I think one of the reasons I like him so much is how diverse his sound is, and especially having just talked about Future, where all these songs were kind of similar. Like on this album, you get everything from pianos to synths to keys to vocal samples, and then there's these spacey drums. There's trap drums. There's lo-fi, like chill step type beats. There's just so much variety to it, and it makes it so that even though the thing is 50 minutes long, which is a pretty long album, you don't notice it because each song is different enough from the last one that you're actually it's like you're flowing through the album. It's not there's not really stale moments where you're like, wow, I've heard this already, and it gets gets old. It's an engaging album yes it engages you front to back i think actually to be honest i didn't care as much for the title track and the opening track it was okay i didn't either but then right when it gets into mile high then i'm like oh man like and travis dude travis on this song he the way he sings on the chorus and just rides that beat mm -hmm. oh it's just so nice man i love that track so much i think travis and james blake i loved stop trying to be god a lot earlier uh in 2018 that was one of my top songs of the year I, I would, they work so well together. They really, really do. And James Blake's uh, falsetto mixed in with some of those vocal inflections on his second verse. They're great. Yeah, uh, he, he does it so, so well. sonically. He pleasing. knows he knows when to put emphasis on certain words and certain lines that really just pull even extra emotions out of his songs. That like these songs are already really like we were agreeing, making you feel like what he was feeling when he's writing it. And then those little vocal like inflections like you were talking about just add to, add to that. Yeah. 
So some of your, what do you, all right, so I want to ask you some of your favorite tracks off this project. So my favorite tracks here, the first one for me was the song Tell Em or Tell Them by, with Moses Subney. Um, Love that track. And Metro Boomin. And Metro Boomin. Which, like, I never thought I'd be saying that, like, oh, yeah, one of my favorite tracks, Metro Boomin, like, on a, this is such a out there, I feel like, person to have featured with him. I don't know if he's worked with him before in the past, but I, when I hear... Moses Sumney and James Blake in falsetto vocals, he's not usually the first <laughs> producer that I'd be thinking of. That was one of the catchier mainstream cuts here. And I, I, and I, and I did enjoy that one a lot, too. I liked it, it so really much. Good. Their voices couple each other so well, because yep. they have similar styles. They both really go for that atmospheric, eerie, like airy, beautiful-sounding uh, like vocal lines. Moses being known for his like falsetto, and then James Blake, he uses falsetto, but it's a lot more layering for him. Mm. And I just I love how catchy and infectious the the hook is. Like I like even right now it's so hard for me not to hum it and sing it into the microphone. But I'll let I'll leave the singing to Moses and uh, and James Blake. I just I it, this song was way so way too catchy for me to not be on my top. My other favorite track, which should be completely unsurprising, where's the catch? Andre three thousand. Where's the catch, oh baby? God, this. Andre, he's back. I love it, bro. This we talked unreal. about it on episode two. Like, what is the staple for my music tastes is Outcast, and whenever I see Andre Three Thousand, I dude, I get a little ex excited. Mm -hmm. I, I really, I can't lie. Hard not. And to. I don't see him often. Funny that actually, the last time we heard Andre, I believe, was Frank Ocean's last uh, album. Was that uh that was Blonde, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So we heard Andre last time. We really heard Andre was off of Frank Ocean's Blonde. So that's a it's a while. It's been a bit crazy, right? Yeah. And I actually I think, think there's that. a lot of good comparisons to from Frank Ocean's Blonde to this album. In terms I have of heard sound. a lot of people draw parallels between them. At there's least as there's far quite as, like, a few sound. And a lot of the the, the voice filters and the vo voice effects that they both use, they both both use it very tastefully and they both use it kind of very similarly but yeah dude where's the catch it's just so good that, good lord that song where's was the catch incredible Andre 3000 I love when he comes in like he's like, oh, he's like I hate heady ass verses and then he comes in and he just gives the headiest ass verse like yep. of all time like I was just he oh, I warns love it. us I love he warns it. us he was like it's gonna like, be a heady one I hate it but he's like hate it but I'm gonna do it though dude oh my god the the flutes on that song my oh god dude the instrumental is so great well, and, and even like the even the subject matter of the song is kind of relatable because even, even the hook saying everything's rose, which is like a it's a phrase for everything seems like it's going well, yes. but where's the catch? Where's like, the and catch? I feel like that's something uh, everyone can relate to when something's going really really well, and you're like, oh, this is all awesome. When's it gonna start kind of unwinding? Like, where's the catch here? You know, I will be shocked <laughs> if by the end of the year that song is not in my top songs of 2019 it's it's but, definitely in mind for right now if honestly though if but if we go by the format we did where you have to pick your favorite song from like only one artist bro i'd have a hard time leaving barefoot in the park out of it fair enough oh it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song you know dude and it's crazy because where's the catch yes i do love it it's it's a it's a vibe it's jumpy it's it's groovy it the pianos are incredible i love that song so much it's so fun and then but barefoot in the park dude it dude like when i was talking about like certain this album kind of taking you somewhere mentally and like just another another place barefoot in the park is such a moment mm -hmm. on this album it is just it is beautiful rosalia and james blake's 
delivery and chemistry on this song is their in, unbelievable. Gorgeous. Their harmony on that chorus is insane. Oh my insane. god. Hearing him insane. sing in Spanish is insane. really interesting, you know. Dude, and she has just such a beautiful voice. I didn't even care that it was in Spanish. Nope. I, I, I don't know what the hell she's matter. saying. I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make yep. any difference. Like, and that's how good both of them are at conveying emotion with their instrumentation and their vocals. We have no idea what she was saying, but you know. Like, that's the thing. Is like, the at the f- end of the song, you can feel it. You didn't have to hear it. You can feel it. Oh, the fluttery, watery keys that are on that. Oh, my. Dude, this song. Honestly, oh, I don't know God. why I didn't write that as one of my favorites. I'm going to go back and edit mine. That's also in my favorites now. I must have forgotten that. Barefoot in the Park. Where's the Catch? I love Mile High. We talked about that one already. Mm-hmm. That was a favorite of mine. I'll Come To. Okay. Power On. Because I yeah. love just, like, the sentiment of that song, too. It was kind of sort of similar to... Um, reborn in a way like the, the yeah. message yeah, from, exactly. from Kids like, See Ghosts I actually scratched that can I just have all my best all the songs be my favorite the tracks whole album, the whole yeah. album minus well, maybe like Are You In Love and the last track the lullaby one yeah that's what is up with artists lately and having their last tracks be like a little right I was I gonna know. mention that to you and I completely forgot I'm glad we're now we're yeah, here yeah we saved that for this I loved the vibe of it at the first the, the, the lullaby track I don't remember what it's called like the lullaby maniacs lullaby and yeah. whatever I don't even know don't even know lullaby we'll just leave it at that we'll just call it lullaby we'll call it lullaby uh, the first half is like or not even first half the first minute I'm like oh okay 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 and then it's just these ra- these random voice uh, these vocal samples from James Blake and they're just kind of looped yeah, and, and it does, I don't really, I don't really know if I agree with that choice. Yeah, it's just, and it's long and it's drawn out. I get where he was going with like trying to make it a lullaby sounding. Yeah, I'm like ease like, you to sleep out of the album yeah, type thing, but, but like, dude, come on, man, leave it, leave it at what it is. The only track I didn't really like was actually the first track on the album. Yeah, which, I can see which it. almost had me worried. Like when I first listened to it, I was like, oh god, like what am I about to be in for? Only because it was just so disjointed. I felt yeah. like the the piano sample was just this weird rising arpeggio that was repeating itself with no real beat to it. His vocals didn't seem to follow it at all. He was just kind of noodling whatever he wanted. And then there was that really grating note right in the beginning where I think he changes key. I don't know if he does or not, but it's just, it really just sticks out like a sore thumb. And it's like, oh, that was not a good one. That's the only time that I have a problem with the vocals in the whole track. But after that point, it immediately picks up steam and then is fantastic through the rest of the album. But in all, what did did you think? I mean, I already know that you love this, so I'm going to guess pretty high. If this is not in my top 10 of 2019, this is going to be an unbelievable year of music. Mm -hmm. This is how good this album is for me. This album is amazing. If you have not listened to James Blake... Go back and listen to all that stuff, but like I think you should listen to this one first because yep. it's that just it's the, the crossover between different kind of genres and different music and sounds. It's just it's just amazing. Ninety six, the only like gripe I maybe have with it, you know, I'll agree with you. The opening track then doesn't grab you. The ending track doesn't exactly like leave it in a place where you're like super super satisfied with the ending. But everything's stuffed in between. It's awesome. It's like an amazing sandwich with like. Oh, bread. Like, okay, bread. Yeah, the, the, the bread's decent, but everything inside the sandwich is just, like, awesome uh, to die for. And honestly, I would rather take that than Here's your metaphor would... for the week, people. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> now, we both kind of had one playing off of, like, <laughs> different types of little metaphors. Should be a new segment, metaphor for the week. No, I'm like, um, <laughs> if people would like it. No, they they won't. No, they, they would My students won't either. They already get enough of that crap from me, so Fair it's enough. all good. But anyway. Um, I, I was kind of fluttering between, like, an 89 and a 90 for this one. Shame after... on you. Give it a 90. <laughs> well, it's, an say, it's an A It's an A album. I was going to say, after now talking it's about it this album. much... 
a, it's going to get an a Even if it's me. a 90. I, I actually think it's going to bump up even to like a 91, 92. So it's going to get like a strong A- minus yeah. for me. Which, give me give me the rest of the year and I might put this in A plus category. But this this uh, is going to grow on me too. I, I think good. it's going to. Because considering from the time when I wrote my my initial thoughts, it was like an 89 and now it's already up to a 92. I have a feeling it's going to kind of keep keep growing there. I'm in. Yeah. Sold. All right. Jay Prince's new EP called Wonder. Which is... It's a, a seven-song, 24-minute-long album. He's from East London. Um, I, it's someone that I actually have been a fan of for a long time. He had a project come out in 2015 that had a track on it called Polaroids that had this like really, really catchy hook. I can't remember what the female artist's name is who sang it, but that's not really important. Um, he's kind of been known in that scene for being really chill and really uplifting and kind of like spacey, relaxed, laid-back vibes on all of his songs. And, I mean, add that into the fact that he has, obviously, an accent, which is something that I like only because it's different, you know? It, it, it almost lets an artist kind of rap and rhyme different words together that we're not really used to. Um, so I'm definitely a fan of that. Uh, he's, he's had a lot of good tracks before. I feel like this album is kind of following suit with him, where he still is having all of those really laid-back um, vibes to him, which is something that most people find appealing about him. He really tries to make sure that all of his songs have kind of a clear-cut melody. There's not a lot of risks being taken on this. I think the only downside on it for me is kind of that, is that it gets a little bit repetitive um, in those themes. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I actually, I like the sounds of that, so the repetitiveness didn't really take away too much. I would have preferred him trying to mature his sound, because now it almost seems like he's just found you know his lane and he's just sticking in it and he's gonna make this really chill really laid-back rap but he's more talented than that and I know he's more talented than that so I like this project I just want him to actually give us something like give us something crazy and I'm sure that you have thoughts on that it's funny I am kind of in the same boat as you and I didn't really ever listen to Jay Prince before this and I think I really I had heard of him but you were the one that actually texted me when it came out you're like yo go check this out and I was like all right cool and I did, and I listened to it obviously, and I've been I've listened to it a couple of times, and I will say this about it: I think it's trendy and very relatable, and it does have like a, a modern sound. Yeah. And I know we had had a conversation a little bit about it when you had said that this sound isn't. There's a lot of grime in the London, uh, music. Yeah, it's predominantly right like grime yeah. over in that area. So then Jay Prince is trying to bring a lot of like the trap influence in sort of melodic. Stuff and like West Coast kind of, style. And even know? there's even some Southern influences yeah. here too. And I think that is my biggest gripe with this album. They So the instrumentals are good in, 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 pot, in parts. In part. There's some nice trap and gl uh, glitzy pop sounding instrumentals here. Some nice vocal samples throughout actually too. And I like that he uses a lot of the auto-tune to like create an atmosphere. And like you had mentioned that it's melodic. And I think it's a very... And it's laid back. And I, I believe that as well. But dude, some of the Southern and West Coast sort of textured synth and groove lines are just like way too close to like his contemporaries mm -hmm. like you know what I mean and just kind of really like, wearing his influences on his sleeve uh, too much uh, and even like those sirens on Bless Now super annoying and corny yeah like yeah. terrible the Love Me Southern bass line is extremely outdated and overused It's it sounds like I could have taken that drum line off of Love Me and I could have put it on a million other southern southern sounding tracks and it would all sound the same shit. Mm -hmm. It's all it's the same, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, well, part of the thing that I kind of think about with this is that with these West Coast vibes, they're getting really repetitive for us cuz we've heard it so many yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. But what I was thinking about is 
at least from my experience, all of the music out of this London area, like we said, has been grime, and especially the past few years, for some reason, it's been gaining traction again as a genre. I guess I shouldn't say for some reason, because that sounds like it's a negative thing. I love it. I think it's a great thing if it's going to keep uh, getting popular. But I feel like Jay Prince is almost like the first one, not the first one, but one of the first few artists in that area to try and create this sound. So where for us in the U.S., we've kind of already been over flooded with it. It's just kind of another run of the mill. It makes sense. For people over there, it's someone like, wow, listen to this. That's really different. He's really like going against all of like the people in this area. Yep. So that's almost kind of where when I listen to him, I take it with a grain of salt where, yes, I I am going to hear a lot of the songs that I've probably heard in some sense before. But as long as it's still being done well... I'll enjoy it. I agree. Um, I agree because because a lot of these songs are done pretty well. Yeah, and I will say this about like I go back to like the song a song like "Love Me" where like I hate that southern bass line, but I can get away, but I can actually get away with it and, and be fine with it because of like some of the other choices he made within the song. Like for example, yeah. the groovy guitar riff that's in there. He's got a great like, ear for stuff like that. Yeah, man. So like when he blends it all together. And it's you know it's catchy like you see you when you especially when I'm driving in my car oh, and I'm great. putting on like a song like Love Me I was like all right I can vibe with this this is dope and I I, I like it so I don't care as much about that drum line that I that I think is super generic and overused you know mm-hmm. what I, you know what I'm saying like yeah he like makes up for it in other areas exactly so then it, it becomes less of an issue for me well, and that's that, why that I'm I just I'm waiting for him to really like finally fulfill his potential because he has he has all of those qualities it just seems like there aren't really many tracks where all of them come together all at once and even though I really like his sound so I really liked the album I understand that's kind of just a subjective thing for me for everybody else it's just it really is very repetitive and there are the downsides downsides like that kind of overused bass and drum line from like the southern influences like you were talking about I think his bit, yeah, I, I agree with that. And basically, to sum that up, I think what we're trying to say is that he maybe lacks originality. Yeah, I think, and, and, I think he needs to spaces. take more risks. He doesn't need to take more risks. Risk. Like that guitar riff, that <clears throat> groovy guitar riff I'm talking about on Love Me. Like, that was not something I hear all the time. Yeah. And, and I thought it was great. And I think he, but his problem too is he sounds like so many different people. Like, I, I, I hear a lot of Travis Scott ad libs thrown in mm-hmm. to a lot of his songs. I'm like, dude, Travis does that. Why are you copying him? And a lot of like the, some of the crooning stuff, he sounds a lot, sometimes like Sway Lee. I do and like his voice though. I, he, he does has, have he a, nice, a really voice. nice voice. And then there's other times <laughs> he sounds like Ty Dolla Sign. Mm. And then, dude, another. This is just my issues with him that he just wears a lot of these influence on his sleeve. Some of he bites some of flows from certain artists too. Like, dude, he was it was driving me nuts when I first heard the first track, "Run It Down," mm-hmm. the first half of it. And mind you, I love the second half. By the way, I think it's so much better than the first. I'll get to that in a second. But the first half of "Run It Down," dude. He, and I figured it out, he clearly, clearly bites the star flow from Brockhampton on that first saturation. Don McLennan specifically. If you go back and listen to Don McLennan. If you go back and listen to if you go back and listen to Don McLennan's uh, verse on Star, and then you go listen to the first verse of Run It Down, you will be like, whoa. Like he completely bit the whole thing. Hmm. So it that frustrated me right out yeah, the gate. And I think that is and then, and then I think the problem was, Cody, is that I started to then listen for it. The so first time around throughout it, it. So then I'm picking it up. I'm like, oh, there's that generic Southern beat. Oh, there's that super annoying horn sample that we hear on a lot of yeah. West Coast tracks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of that for me. So that's that's where it really falls short, this mm-hmm. album for me. But that I don't want to be all negative. Yeah. Because I liked the back end to run it down. I If you had taken the first half out and just given me 
a longer second half because there's a lot more like great. yeah exactly the he rides this the smoother second beat half of that beat just so much nicer and with more consistent delivery yeah and and i love some of his lines here he's he has a line where he says i don't need dead weight i'll show you what's missing like i love that line he he really has a lot of great moments but they're just mixed with some of these just moments the, i can't, can't just get too, behind yeah they're, they're just, just too, too similar to too other similar too so similar i i think that with those making I, now that I'm really thinking about it a lot more, I'm saying that I want him to make more uh, risks and take more risks in his music and sound a lot more different. But I feel like maybe almost from his perspective, his sound might be him taking those risks because it's different from the people in his area. I, right. I might be thinking too much into it. No, and I can, I, I, can, I, can, I can see that point. Just from our perspective, sure. though, it still does come off as a little, I don't know, a little bit of the same. Yeah. Um, favorite tracks? My favorite tracks off of this were Beamlight. Yes. It gave me a Beamlight really big, like... sick, dude. Like, it, sick. honestly, I don't know if you, you will agree with this, but it kind of reminded me of... Uh, Untitled Unmastered, like the Kendrick album, it kind of brought me back to those His vibes, flows which did. is like, which is really weird for me to say because he does not sound like Kendrick in, in the like vocally or flow wise, like anything. I don't think they really share many similarities except for on this track on and that, that track. album. It was Agreed. it was really strange sounding pianos. There was that kind of like floating note in the background, and then the high cat, the hi hat, high cat, nice, the hi hat, <laughs> the hi hat driven percussion. We're leaving that in. Yeah, I, I, I was going to. I was going to. <laughs> Um, but the hi-hats and the percussion really left a lot of space for Jay to come in and kind of shine with his rapping, which I was really, really happy about because you can yep. kind of finally get a feeling for his vocals and his delivery styles and everything. He had some crazy um, double-time flows on that, exactly, especially at the beginning. Exactly. And he just grabs you right away. I think he shines here. And then the content's great, too. Like, just feeling the pressure of fame and how he's trying to keep a level and, like, focus mindset. Yeah, he's always I under like a beam light. Like, yeah. I love that. I love yeah, that sentiment. dude. And uh, I thought, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a great track. Yeah, and well, there's a couple great lyrics in it, too. Like, you, like you were saying, there's great lyricism. He's talking about, like, people who weren't really there for him on his, like, come up, and now they want to hang out with him. Now they, what is the lines? Like, now they want to love him. Now they want to trust him. Now they want to roll. Now they want to smoke. It's yeah. like they're only really there for the good times. So it's nice to hear him get a, a, little, uh, a little deep with that. My uh, my second favorite track was actually the song Closer, um, which really reminded me of this track Paranoia by Chance the Rapper, that oh, hidden yeah, yeah, track yeah. at the end of, I think, Push a Man on Acid Rap. Yes, yes. Um, mostly just because of the I, keys. I actually didn't even make that connection. It was, uh, it's only because it. of the keys, nothing else. The because keys. the keys kind of come yep, in with that like really, really smooth, airy, kind of floating style keys. And this song was, uh, I, I don't know, it felt very introspective. It was very introspective and very relatable. He was talking, yeah. the whole thing is basically saying, uh, like, is this what you want from me? Like, is this really what you want? And he's talking about uh, all these things that I feel like people can relate to that you're not used to hearing out of rappers. He's saying stuff like, oh, I'm happier when I'm sad, spending days on the road, not talking to anyone, kind of taking away from his mental health how he's saving money for his future kid. Like, this is all stuff that I, I'm not really used to hearing come out of, in all, all things considered, a pretty popular and, like, big-name rapper in his scene. So it's kind of, it's almost humbling to hear that someone in his position suffers those same, you know, issues that, like, everyday people would have to end up dealing with. I could keep going with it too, but yeah. that would just end up taking up so much time. Because like honestly, that whole song closer, especially I think the second verse is just him talking about just you know his everyday struggles, and I don't, I just I really really liked it. But what what were your uh, what were your favorite tracks? Uh, Beam light for sure, and yep. for all the reasons that you mentioned, I won't even go down that road again. I liked Wonder for some of the really nice melodic flows he has on mm -hmm. there, and he sings again. He 
that's a track where I feel like some of his choices as far as kind of not copying other people. I shouldn't say that. I don't want to like come out and jump out and say that he's doing that. But he has like some Ty Dolla Sign influenced sort of uh, vocal inflections. So I, I liked that for just how melodic it became. And I did like Love Me a lot because I think just the overall vibe of the track is really fun. The only other track, the only track I really didn't care for as that much was probably Blessed Now. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's like the, the sirens were just god awful on it. Yeah, that was so, that was going to be the only one that I didn't really like because of the sirens. Didn't, didn't I'm, like I'm never a fan of sirens on tracks, never. especially if I'm driving. They bug me out and it makes me look in my rear view, and I, I just I don't know. Like yeah. it's just it wasn't really doing it for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. So what overall, did you give it as? What did you give it for a grade overall though? The grade grade overall. So I, I'd say that I gave it about a eight a B minus. I'm going like an eighty two. And the reason why is because I think he sounds too much like his contemporaries mm -hmm. and he lacks some originality in places. But I will say this, that I don't think this is his breakout project by any means, and it's not. But I definitely think he has potential and some good signs in the hopes of like some growth. And I think that I think once he refines a sound where he really kind of that maybe fits in a niche, mm -hmm. then I think he could really be a great artist. Yeah. And I, not that I think he's not already. Uh, put it this way, I think he has but an improve a, off of where he is. Hundred percent. I think he has an A range album in his future discography if he tightens some of this stuff up and just kind of maybe, like you said, takes more risks, plays with some more creative yeah. instrumentation. I think that might help him in the future. Yes, to gain some variety. I ended up going with a strong B plus on this one um, because his style is something that I personally really, really like. It as far as like originality and songwriting, it probably would kind of score around like a low B, but for me, I just love the way it sounds, so I gave it an 89, a B plus. I'm looking forward to hearing more from him, but I think we share the sentiment that I want to hear him do something different because every time he releases another one of these albums, I'll like it, but the next one's going to be an 85, and the one after that's going to be an 82, and then it's going to kind of keep going down until I'm just sick of hearing the same songs again. Yeah, so basically hit all the bases there. But coming to our last album of the night, um, one that I was not really actually like expecting to be talking about. I didn't really know much about this artist at all. Me neither. I was actually mistaken. I thought he was like that A Boogie. I, I a Boogie too. with the hoodie. I did too. And I realized he's a totally different cat. Totally mm -hmm. different dude. Which I'm happy about. Because I'm not really a big A Boogie fan. Me I don't either. know about you. No. no. I mean, he doesn't really do it for me. No, it doesn't either. I just don't know what it is about him. But either way, so this is not A Boogie, but boogies everything's for sale mm -hmm. i had no expectations coming into this project because i didn't really know like i said never heard of him apparently he's been in the game since like 2013 or 14 or really crazy I had no idea. yeah but his this is his first major label he's signed to shady records with eminem i did hear that i did so hear that though. i did some research before i actually went into it and not to sort of again cloud my judgment because i try not to do that like i've mentioned before and you know some of our earlier episodes but I did at least do a little research before I, you know, got in this. And then I did look at the track listing. I saw Eminem was on that project mm -hmm. and, and our guy Jid. So I was like, okay, let me give this album a shot and, you know, let's see, you know, see what happens. And dude, I, I'm coming away from this pretty, pretty pleased. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It blew me away. It's really, honestly. really, really good. I was it, really, really impressed. I love it. 
I really and do. Top even, to bottom, I think it's very, very good. Well, and I, th- I thought it was funny because even the first line of the first song wasn't even being rapped yet. They were just like, it was just like being spoken. It's like spoken word, it, yeah. It, it introduced yeah. us to the album perfectly well. He was like, people don't want to hear that conscious stuff anymore. They don't want to hear you talking about your hardships. And then he kind of spits right back at it like, I don't want to keep living it. Like, what do you think? I want to keep writing about this stuff? Like, no. Yeah. I don't want to be having this stuff to write about. But I'm going to write about what I feel. Yeah. Do you want me to lie and say, like, I got all this glitz and glam when I don't? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, which really, so. I think, sets them apart because that's something it's I great. hate about so many artists where they're just pandering they know what their genre should sound like so you got like I don't know like country stars saying oh dirt roads and beers and they grew up in a mansion and rappers talking about like having millions of dollars and then doing like all this gang stuff when they also grew up in like some nice suburb Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's really nice that he's actually sticking true to what he's experiencing and he's living yeah his style reminds me so alright can I just go I just want to quickly get through one negative that I have with this project yes, and then I want just to get it. out of the way yeah and then I just want to focus all positive because I like I said I love this project the one thing and I hate to say this but his lisp because he does have a lisp mm-hmm. it can be at moments a bit distracting a little off-putting yeah you not even you're not off-putting you just I notice say it's it. off-putting it's just, it yeah, just draws it's noticeable it draws your attention yeah yeah it can be a little distracting and his voice can get a bit whiny in places like i kind of liken mm-hmm. him to chance the rapper but i actually would prefer chance the rapper's voice over boogies personally but i think that that was probably a huge influence on him honestly yeah yeah so that's really the only gripe i have with this project so i'll just i mean dude that's this the same thing i fantastic felt. dude that's well, that's, I it mean, really before is. we before we start like really pouring into it, I just wanted to agree with you super quick that that was really the only thing that I didn't like about it too. His he sang well in small doses, but then every once in a while he was trying to really let the vocals shine out, and that was when it kind of fell flat I, for me. But aside from that, man, this was a fantastic listen. I think he's actually a really passable singer in a lot of this, a lot of places like Swap Meet and Skydive. I thought here's the thing about his voice, though. I will give him that. Like even though the the lisp can be a little bit distracting and at parts, I think the charisma and the passion and the the feelings that you get from you can just feel his pain in a lot of his mm-hmm. voice in a lot of these songs. He's so just uh, authentic. He feels authentic to me. This project's fantastic, man. Uh, there's so many just vibey and catchy, smooth instrumentals. Well, that was the big plus for me. The a production. Lot of, a lot of the piano mm-hmm. and the guitar and wind samples on this are amazing. I love dude. it. It's beautiful. Using some, another beautiful album. Like what other what other album are you hearing right now that's using so many wind samples in it? And like just the that fact alone. And acoustic is really guitar selling. samples on it's here. All, are just it's so all true great. instrumentation. It's so, it's, it, it doesn't sound like it's all MIDI files that someone's just plucking away at like a little MIDI. It sounds like it, sounds it was like, live. Yeah, it sounds it really like does. A, and whether or not it actually was a live band, I at least appreciate that that's the aesthetic that they were going for because yep. that's one that I really like. Yep. Like I loved the acoustic guitar riffs that are all over Swap Meet and Skydive and Tired and Time. Those are like, oh, those are all fantastic. They're gorgeous. They're very fleshed out. The wind section on Silent Rides, great. The pianos on Reflections and LOL's uh, SMH were fantastic. I think he just has such a good ear for beats, man. I really, really yeah. does. And just not even beats, I would say, because I don't even consider these beats. I guess I would say just, just instrumentation. Mel- yeah, like melody Mel- in general. He's melodic. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, he knows exactly how to flow over them to sound that makes them sound catchy. Um, love is delivery in a lot of different places. Uh, dude, my lord, this is a really, really good project. Well, and then even on top of all of that, 
he has some really deep lyrics in here. Like there's a lot of things where you can see him getting really introspective. Like even in the track you were already talking about with Silent Ride, the the whole song is basically him Bro. fighting with negative thoughts, detaching from reality. Dude, and, I had oh my god, like, dude. it's it's unbelievable. I, I it's, had it's all such a, so relatable too. I was about to say that I had such a personal connection to Silent Ride. I love how he, yeah he has all these negative thoughts, but he doesn't know how to express them and get them out. And he talks about how he's in the car with this girl who is trying to get the these thoughts and these negative things out of him. She wants him to open up to him, or to her, excuse me, but he doesn't know how, mm -hmm. and he can't. So it's just like a silent, silent ride, ride home because yeah. they're in a fight about it, and he doesn't know how he can express himself any further. And it's crazy because, like, not to get like deep and introspective, but I've, like, I've had a situation like that before. Yeah, where, and I feel like most of us have. You yeah, know? where like, I, yeah, like it, it happened, the same thing happened to me, so I could just literally feel what he felt yeah. because I was there in his shoes, the exact mm -hmm. same light, you know what I mean? So I just, dude, I love just, like you said, so much of the content the here is you know? so relatable. He's like, hey, I have struggles and that's, and like, they suck, but like, that's okay. You know well, what I mean? Well, and even in that same song, there's a moment where he's like admitting that he's in the wrong about something, but just asking like the girl to let it slide. Like he, he knows that he did it. He did something wrong, but like try and forgive him for it. And I don't know. It's just, it's just really refreshing to have an it's artist. A, that, that is has, a good way to like, put it. Exactly. That, that has that type of outlook on things, you know, and actually being able to admit when they're making mistakes like that. I don't know. Just all of this stuff sounded really jazzy. It sounded really catchy. I love how chill all of these beats are. I this is a really great project. I'm very happy with the fact that I'm like finding out about this guy, who I would have probably never known about otherwise. And I don't know. I'm really gonna be keeping my eye out for all of his future projects because this was a really fantastic album for me. It was. I completely agree. I think it's just so so good. Favorite tracks. Favorite tracks. I mean, I already mentioned Silent Ride, so that's kind Silent of Silent Rides on mine Silent, too. Silent Ride is Silent probably my mine. favorite. My my next favorite track on here actually was the LOL SMH interlude. I liked which, that song. Like, it was I, good. It was really I, good. I almost feel bad picking two songs so early in the track list because it makes it seem like the back half of the album wasn't as good. But man, I just like this track was so jazzy. Um, it feels like it, it's one of those things again. It feels like it could actually be a live band. The um, drums sound like a real drum set, and it's not just something that's like super over modulated or overdone. And there's one line in it that I thought was kind of clever, where he says something about water under the bridge, but use that as a charter. So it's almost taking that phrase and flipping it on its head. Like usually, water under the bridge means, oh, I just let it slide, like I don't care. But instead, they're using that and like chartering a ship and just sailing the hell away from that bridge. So I thought that was really clever to take something that all of us have probably heard before and completely change the meaning. And I don't know, it's just, it's a, again, another very relatable song. He talks about how like he finds it hard to be happy, mental health struggles, pushing people away, understanding how like people, they don't, he doesn't understand how people don't judge him for his shortcomings. It's, again, just all things I'm not used to really hearing, and especially when I went into it uh, in, under the false premise of, oh, like thinking it was a boogie, because we both had that like misconception. Like that was completely different from that. This was it was a great track. Um, but what about you? What were your favorite tracks? So here? Silent Ride, we mentioned that. Yeah, we agreed Swap on that Meat, one. dude. I love that song because mm -hmm. like it's, I thought it was actually so tasteful and again relatable because it was funny. I felt like a song and and, and like the kind of the content of it where we're coming off of Silent Ride where he has this moment with this girl where he can't like express what he's saying and then on uh, Swap Meat he actually just kind of trades back and forth like all the shit that he has with 
himself and the girl has with herself and they're like well we'll, we'll both still a bargain like we mm -hmm. might as well you know we have all this these bad things about us but like you know if we just accept each other then yeah then this, will, then this will be exactly then this will be worth it so i love that song and i love the instrumental on that i thought it was beautiful skydives another one of my favorites i thought just the the emotion he put into that song yeah it was so great it was so melodic i loved time as well and I, for the same reasons uh, I really liked Soho because our man Jid came through with a really great verse. I love, I love that verse. I wish it was longer, man. It I was know. only about like twenty something he seconds. He flows like, over that, oh, that so dude. And He's it's like incredible. it's like restrained, and then he hits a double time flow. He's so like, good. Oh, was, that was so good. If it was longer, that would have been one of my favorites. Can we can we just talk about the elephant in the room though? Yeah, I think we have to at some point. We can were talking we about rainy days. We talk about rainy days. It was my least favorite. It was your least it was, favorite it song? Was my, it was my least favorite song. No it, way. It, it, it completely ruined it for me. I couldn't do it. For some okay. reason, just like... Okay. I almost want to put it on my best track side because I loved Boogie's part. Yeah. Because Boogie's first too. half is I so great. <laughs> and then, dude, Eminem comes in and ruins it. Yo, what was... Dude, when's the Who? last time if we've said that? Like, I don't know, man. That's... That was bad. That was rough. That, that verse. Even this first line. How okay, hold, before that, before that, can I just say one thing quick? I can understand why Boogie still put this verse on because it, it, I heard somebody else say this too. Like, why is nobody in Eminem's ear? Like, when all the revival shit was coming out, and now this verse, even though his last project was a little better, mm -hmm. there still had some moments where I just didn't like it. But who? Why is that not not anyone in Eminem's ear being like, dude, that wasn't good? Like, everyone in his camp needs to stop telling him that everything he does is like is great. Is great. It's not because it's not. And the <sighs> fact that Boogie. You know, again, he probably was just in this place where he was just like, well... He's a newer artist. He just got signed to Shady. I could use an Eminem verse, regardless of what it is. Let me just throw it on. Yeah. The verse had nothing to do with the subject matter of the song. Nothing whatsoever. It was... Yeah. Like, what did even... Oh, the my God. The first line was horrible. Dude. It's, at least he's catching enough, like, dissing on it uh, for, I don't know, the next lifetime on the internet because everyone's ripping into him for this this line and if you don't know the line this is it and I, and I quote like a shepherd having sex with his sheep fuck what you heard Jesus Christ are you, are you kidding me are you kidding me Ugh. like that's shaking my head times a hundred he needs to stop giving mobile oh. rappers reasons to clown on him dude and the next ver the next uh, lyric the line is even more stupid all this talk in my ear I got an idea, like a clerk when you're trying to buy beer. And then there's an ad lib in the back. It's like idea, and it's just like, oh my freaking god! It makes me want to like bash my head through a wall. Clearly, he doesn't actually have a voice in his ear though, because if he did, they'd be telling him not to write lines like that and put them in songs. Like, god damn it, Dre, come back out of the woodwork and tell him that he can't keep it's doing so this. I, and then I'm the middle so... of the verse. I'm so upset. It's so bad. I liked the song so much. The beat's I really great. Did. I Boogie's really did. awesome. It, it, and it was a lot more upbeat than the rest of the songs on this album, yes. too, which is really nice change of pace. He had a and few of those moments, like, like Soho Yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then exactly. I think there was it, the self-destruction one was another one where it was a lot more upbeat, too. So yep. I, he placed but them the, but well. But this fit into that like theme. Right. And I was like, oh, great, another upbeat song. And there's Eminem's verse. Dude, and in the middle of the verse, he, like he's got good flow. 
like which yeah. is which is great. Yeah, which is whatever. That's but he's fine. Just not saying anything. But oh my god, the whole thing is gibberish. Like I didn't. I, I actually went. I actually went through the lyrics as I'm as I was here like listening to it. None of it makes any freaking sense. Mm. He does hit about eight bars though, like towards the latter half of his verse, where I thought like or at least it was at least passable. Like I did think the um, down for the count Dracula line was like kind of tasteful and clever. Yeah, like, that was good. You know what I mean. And then he has these choppy vocals at the end, though. He ruins it again, and I'm just like, what are you doing as an stop. He's got to stop. Why are you doing this? I, oh, dude, it, it frustrates me, man. It's and bad. It's really bad. I Marshall, know, man. if you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, bro, like, figure please, it out, bro. Please. Figure it out. Well, like, and the thing good. is, and I think we talked about this briefly, like, on a different day, that it's like he's the only type of person who can come up with these types of metaphors and ridiculous lines but just because he can doesn't mean he should. Like, yes, it is kind of clever, that, like, sheep line. I guess that's, like, some kind of metaphor. No, it's, I, okay, I, clever is a bad word because that makes me think. Because that makes it sound like it, I like it. It's, like, it's a metaphor I wouldn't think of. It's, like, it's, it's not something so I wouldn't stupid. think of. It's just, exactly. Like, just because you were able to come up with a metaphor that somehow rhymes doesn't mean you need to use it. And I could get it if it, the song was meant to be, like, playful and, like... Yeah. You know, kind of like there was kind of just like screwing around and, and joking, but he brings this like super like serious like rough like the like the, Fuck the what you heard. yeah like so mad as he always is like you know and that's the, and that's the theme of the song where it's like upbeat but dark. Well, it just and, reminds you know I mean? me of that uh, meme that's it, like old man oh, yells at cloud. Like, it just <laughs> like that's yes, all that's all I think old man of. Yells at cloud. Like that's all I, I that's how with Eminem. Why is he so angry? Why is he so angry know. on this song? And again, I know it's dark and whatever, but it, you should have made the song like again. He has eight bars at the end that are actually like makes sense with the rest of the song and the rest of the verse is freaking mm -hmm. terrible man yeah oh i wish i, I want to put it on the best tracks line but i can't because can't i'm do, ruined do it, it in good faith so uh, whatever I, my worst track was probably no warning and that's only because it sounded like more of an interlude and it's just spoken word i it's actually pretty it's a cool track but i just wouldn't come back to it as much and like listen to it that's the only thing yeah but that's my that's my so overall what do you got? So I was feeling around like an 89 to a 90 for this one. Um, I feel like almost the same thing now, having had listened to it a few more times since I was writing down my initial thoughts. I think I'm going to bump it up to the 90. I'm going to give it the nice A-. I'm really excited for where this is going to go. Me too. Um, so I'm going to definitely keep my ear out for more releases from this kid, more uh, features from this. Like, Hopefully he has a lot of features this year now, having just released this project. Maybe they'll get him more traction to get on some other uh, records. So yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like a 90 A-. Yeah, I, I'm about in the same boat with you, man. I, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go at a 92 okay. A- as well. Um, I agree with the variety. I, I wrote that down as well, that I, I loved how he mixed. He did a nice job of mixing some bangers into the track listing that gave it some some breakup and variety with some of those like more stripped back and melodic and jazzy sort of uh, instrumentals. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, dude, this was this was like a was pretty a nice listen. This is a really good debut album, man. And like I, I agree with you. I love to see where he goes next. I've been listening to this a lot since it came out. The replayability is super high for me. Mm -hmm. If Eminem wasn't on it, I'd probably give this higher than it is. Unfortunately, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that, is to that say. but that's how bad it is. Uh -huh. So there is. So those are our, those are the January albums recap. So let's quickly. I want to do this Rifle before we go. Him, yeah. Top to bottom, best to worst. Best to think? worst. What do you, think? Well, you want to start from best to worst? Uh, or and let's let's do worst to best. Let's 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 do. So what was what was your six? Okay, so my number six album was Future. 
mm-hmm. the wizard. My that was actually my number six as well. All right, so that didn't really do it for me. So that's at least in. Unison. Or it did it for me, but not as much as the other albums. Right, right, say. right. So those are in unison. That's good. So six, we have future. Yep. Five, I got Jay Prince. I actually have Big Crit number five because he he came Fair. in with that C. So he, I, it was good, but uh, I felt like not as good as these other albums. Okay, so all right, so we differ there. Four, mm-hmm. I have Malibu Ken. I have Boogie in coming into four. Um, okay. Which honestly, it's like my four through one or four, my set two, three, and four are all within like a point of each other. Because so take that, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Like yeah. this, this could have even changed having now had all of my ratings change mid mid review. I, I I'm gonna stick with the boogie number four. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Malibu Ken as well. Four, three. I have Big Crit TDT. I have I have J Prince there. J Prince. So I have J Prince for number three. Uh, number two. I have Boogie, Everything's for Sale. And that's where James Blake comes in for me number, at number two. Yeah. And then my unsurprising number one, Malibu Ken, that, that did have the highest rating out of, out of all these for me. And and of course for me, because I like raved about it and love it more than life itself, is assumed form, James Blake. I can't get enough of it. James, thank you for making that album. Barefoot in the Park. And thank you, January, in the motherfucking for park. great music. <laughs> January, thank you as well, of course. And yeah, that's about it. So what did you think of these tracks? What did you think of these albums, releases, these know? albums? What did you love? What did you hate? You know, do you, you know, agree with us tenfold? What album did we miss? You know, like yeah. there's a very we good possibility that, that we true. missed something that was still really good music this uh, this month yeah. that I would love to get a chance to go back to. Yeah. So as always, uh, follow us on Instagram at Turntable Teachers. Uh, yeah, comment on the post if, mm-hmm. if you feel strongly, that, you know, that you agree with us in, on some of these albums, or if we you think we were egregiously wrong. You know, we we'd love to know about it. We we want to get hear your input. We want to hear it. So, but I guess without further ado, yeah, we have been the turntable teachers. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. And class is dismissed. <laughs>